Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. So today, I want to continue my message um, on the experience, heaven on earth. The experience, heaven on earth. So what we've been doing is we've been studying the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Um, you, know, uh, you know, I stay to call it the Lord's Prayer because, you know, it's obvious that that was not the way Jesus, you know, personally, you know, prayed, but. He taught us that that's the way we should pray. So let's, um, let's look at it again. The Lord's Prayer is in Matthew chapter 6, starting from verse 9. So let's, let's look at it. We're talking about the experience, the experience, like bringing heaven to earth, heaven on earth, the experience. How do we translate, uh, you know, spiritual things into physical realities? Uh, how do we, for example, the prophecies that we receive today, how do we translate it into a physical reality? Uh, so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how to walk in the experience, the practical experience of God, rather than just head knowledge. So, pray like this. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11. Verse 11, I want to read everything, and then I will, I will come back. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on that as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins, as we are forgiving those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Amen. If you... So that was it. Then he continued. He now taught some things around it. Amen. So let's go back to verse, uh, verse, verse 9 because we've, we've been talking about this for the past two weeks. We've been talking about it for the past two weeks. So he said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. So we're saying that for us to be able to bring the realities of heaven to the earth, the first thing we need to do is we need to understand that there is a place called heaven. There is a realm called heaven, right? And I've explained that for those of you who are joining us for the first time online or you are joining us in the, in the auditorium for the first time, you can go to all our messages are available for free on our podcast and on our social media pages, Facebook and YouTube. So just go there. The podcast is Glow Podcast with, Past, uh, with Dr. Land. Search for it on Apple, iTunes, on Spotify, on um, Google Podcast, on every one of them. You can subscribe for it, and you get all our messages come to you um, automatically if you subscribe to our podcast. So search for it on Apple. Search for it all there. All those messages are available there for you. So you can listen to last week's messages. Now you can download to your phone, and you can listen to it. So, so I, I, I don't have to go back and repeat what I have said. But... Um, just, you know, for the sake of continuity, the first thing we said is that you have to embrace the reality of heaven because he said, our Father in heaven. So embrace heaven's realities. If you want to learn to transfer things from just knowledge into experience, you have to, first of all, embrace the realities of heaven. You have to embrace the fact that there is actually a heavenly place. They, they are, you know, there is what is called the heavenly realms, the heavenly realms. And I told you that heaven represents a dimension that is above this physical, earthly dimension. 
where God dwells, where perfection dwells, where everything that we ever need for life and godliness dwells, where spare parts for our bodies dwell, where great and wonderful visions and dreams and poetry and songs and things that are yet to be seen in this world, inventions and just knowledge and wisdom, knowledge of the past, present and future, because there's no present or future in that place. It is just a current, it's just uh, eternal now. So everything that will happen is in there. Every Everything that has happened is in there. Everything that is, everything is there right now. It's a perfect place. It's a place where, the, where there's no limitation. It's a place where, man, if that thing hits our world, which is what God wants us to do as representative of heaven, when it hits our world, when it hits a place, that place can never remain the same. Amen. Hallelujah. When heaven comes down into your heart, you can't remain the same. When heaven comes down into your family, your family cannot remain the same. When heaven comes down upon your children, your children cannot remain the same. When heaven comes down upon your job, your job cannot remain the same. When heaven comes down into a city, when heaven comes down into a neighborhood, when heaven comes down into a business, when heaven comes down in any, into a church, anywhere, when heaven comes down, that place can never remain the same. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's the goal. That's the goal. And then the second thing we said is that you need to embrace heaven's ruler. So the first one is embrace the realities. Oh, sorry, encounter heaven's ruler. Encounter heaven's ruler. That's from our father who art in heaven. Our father, our father who is in heaven. The father is heaven's ruler. Is the center of heaven. Is the one who is the center of everything. Is the source, the sustainer, the originator of everything. So we need to encounter heaven's ruler. So we talked about that. We said, if you want to start living this miraculous life, this supernatural life, this life with heaven showing off, kissing your world, flowing into everything that you do, you must encounter the ruler of heaven. You cannot deal with the paper. You must deal with the person. You cannot just deal with the principles. You must deal with the presence. Are you guys following what I'm saying? You must deal with the presence, not just the principle, the paper, the, the, sorry, the, the person, not just the paper. You can't just have a religion. You must have a life. You can't just have something that you read. You must have somebody that you are talking to because the Bible, the word points to him, points to him, points to a relationship with him. Whatever you see in the word is supposed to become your experience. It's supposed to become your experience. And this experience of heaven comes as we begin to practice the presence of God. As we begin to seek, to seek a relationship, a fellowship with him as a person. Everybody say this after me. Say, when I begin to treat God. Can you say it out louder through your mask? You know, say, when I begin to treat God as a person, it will become more real to me. Say, everyone will become more real to me. When you can wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit, knowing that he's around. You wake up and you're about to get into your car, right? And you say, God, I'm just so grateful, you know. I'm just so grateful for this, you know, for this car. I'm just grateful for this house. You're in the bathroom. You look in the mirror. Lord, I'm just grateful because I'm alive. And then you listen to him to hear what he's going to say to you. Amen. You listen for his joy. You listen for, you know, I mean, you, you just practice it. There's a book that I would recommend everybody to read. This book was written, I think, in the 17th century or so. But it is available for free right now. Of course, it's in the public domain. It's available for free. It's a very short book. It's available for free right now on Google. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. That's the name of the guy, Brother Lawrence. The Practice of the Presence of God. He was a, he was a monk who then began to do certain things and began to experience the presence of God in, you know, with tangibility. So he wrote about his experience. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. You can, if you type it into Google, you'll be able to download it. It's free. Some people sell it now, but it's in the public domain. But it's a very powerful book. The guy talked about how he developed a sense of the presence of God by doing exactly what we just talked about. That's what is in the book. He said, I talked I talk to him about everything that is going on in my life every day. I asked him this question. I do that. And I just started treating him as a person. Started treating him as a person. And before the guy knew it, the presence of God was all around him, overwhelming, overwhelming him. And a book that he wrote as a result of that, hundreds of years later, people are still reading it and selling it from his experience. From his experience. So I want to encourage everybody to, to download that book and read it. It's a very small book. The Practice 
of the presence of God? Or is he practicing? The, how many of you have? Has anybody seen it? Is he practicing the presence of God or, or the practice? You, you know about it, right? Good. What is it called? The practice of the presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Please go, go get it. Because we have to encounter heaven's, heaven's reality. Even if you are, you, are part of, you are in the family and, you know, like you are a family and all of you are together, you need to acknowledge him. Amen. Wake up in the morning as a family. Like in our family, the first thing we do when we all gather together, after the kids greet us and we greet one another, the first thing that we do in the family is that we go around and we acknowledge what God has done in the past day. And we acknowledge, everybody has to do it. Everybody, we go around, everybody has to say five things. Five things that God did in the previous day. Is that right, Pearl? Right? Yep. So she has to say her five things every day, you know, apart from, you know, weekends. So everybody has to go and do that. And then after we do that, then we go into other things and devotionals and all that. We got to acknowledge the presence of God. We have to acknowledge him. When we start acknowledging him, the ruler of heaven, we start seeing more of his manifestations in our lives. Amen. <laughs> the problem is that we have been ignoring him. And anybody that is ignored, just like if you ignored your spouse or you ignored your friends, you ignore anybody, they are going to withdraw. Amen. They're going to withdraw. The Bible says we should not quench the spirit. You know, it's like quench not the spirit, right? It's a grieve not the spirit. So what it's trying, uh, telling us to do there is that we should always put the spirit in consideration. Always put the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in consideration. I said something last week in my message when I was about rounding up. I said, you know, the Holy Spirit is like a dove. Everybody look at me now. I want to say something to you. The Holy Spirit is used. It's not a dove, like physical dove. But the symbol, one of the symbols used for the Holy Spirit is dove, right? They said the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus like a dove when he came out of the, of the river Jordan when he was baptized. Now, so... You remember this story in the, in the book of Genesis when um, Noah, Noah was in, on the ark. The rain had come and all that. And Noah was waiting to see. Are you guys? Was waiting to see whether the water has, had receded from the earth, right? Was waiting. So what did he do? He first sent, you know, he sent a bird, right, to go out. And then the bird came back because he didn't have a place to rest. Do you understand what I'm saying? came back, and then sent the bird again, the dove. I said the dove came back at a particular point with some olive tree, you know. That's a symbol of peace, actually, in the world right now. A dove with a olive, uh, whatever, branch, the olive branch in the mouth, right? That's where it came from. Came back, and then they said the final time when he sent the dove, he said the dove did not return again because he found a place to rest. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. The way the Holy Spirit works and the presence of God is that God is within us, but it's always looking for a place to rest in our lives. It's always looking for what? A place to rest. The reason why the dove could not rest, the dove of Noah could not rest originally, was because, was, the reason was because there was no resting place. Do you guys get what I'm saying? There was no resting place for it. But the moment it found a resting place, it rested. So the question is, let's connect it with the, with the dove, symbol of the Holy Spirit, because there's a connection in there. If the Holy Spirit does not find a resting place, he's not going to stay there. He needs to find a resting place in our lives, in our homes. When you have a dove on you, just imagine a physical dove that is on you, and that dove... You are supposed to carry it around, right? And it must not fly away. How are you going to walk? You're going to what? You're going to. You're going to be. You're going to be considerate of every step, right? You're going to be considerate of every move. Because if you move, you just the dove will just go. So, in the same way, for us to carry the presence of God, we have to live with the consideration of the fact that there's a presence that is upon us and that that presence can, you know, that manifested presence. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is never going to leave us, right? It lives inside of us. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? But I'm saying that that expression, that manifestation of himself, that tangible experience of himself, you will just see that it will just, you know, it says, so arise to your rest. You know, just, it just goes and just find out that 
you, you are not flowing in that anointing. You're not flowing in that, that thing any longer, right? You know, that thing that when it comes on you, your utterance changes, your outlook changes, the way you see things. No, let me ask this question. How many of you have ever been under the presence of the Holy Ghost in this place? I'm talking about the tangible presence. Can you wave your hand if you have ever been? Do you know how, how many of you know how sweet it is? Do you know how sweet it is? It's so sweet that, you know, Swintugu's word made a statement. He said, I would rather have the Holy Ghost on me for one second than to have the whole world with a fence around it. When that thing comes on you and you are talking and you are wondering who is talking and you are speaking and things are happening and you are seeing vision like things are so clear and you are moving and things are happening, that thing is just, that is just precious. But you know that we can lose that based on how we carry ourselves. And the other one is hell, man. I'm talking about Christians living in hell on earth. You have the, we have God inside of you. All of us have God inside of us. But it's not manifested at all in anything that you are doing. The presence is not there. And so you are just struggling all through. Your work is a struggle. You know, your marriage is a struggle. Your finances is a struggle. Everything is just a struggle. It's just a struggle, 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 struggle. Because oil is not present. So the friction is just so much. Because there's no oil to oil it. There's no oil to oil it. We need fresh oil in our lives. Uh, how did David say, say it? He said, uh, please find, he said, my horn shall be exalted like the horn of the unicorn. He said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Hallelujah. Somebody say fresh oil. The reason why it has to be fresh is because it can become stale. It can become stale. Amen. We, got, we, need, we need it to be fresh. An encounter with heaven's ruler is important. An encounter with heaven's ruler. That's how you start the supernatural flow in your life. You try it. Practice the presence of God. Read that book that I talked about. Listen to what I'm talking about right now. Begin to practice it. It's not hard. Begin to talk to God in everything. Involve him in everything you are doing. Talk to him as if he's around you and all that. And you begin to see him become more and more real to you. Amen. Showing you things to come. Telling you things about the future. You know, the, the day you'll be convinced is the day you will hear that voice. I'm telling you, you hear that voice about something that is coming. And then you get to that thing that is coming. And you say, that is what he told me. I mean, it's going to, I mean, that breaks everything. You understand? Because we can actually be led by the Spirit. We can actually, you know, flow in the Spirit. So you need to encounter heaven's ruler. Uh, the next one we talked about, um, you know, in the Lord's Prayer. The third one. Is that you need to, okay, all right, I have all these things now. Oh, thank you. You need to engage what? Heaven's reverence. Because he said, hallowed be what? Your name. Hallowed be your name. Engage heaven's, he said, may your name be kept holy. Embrace, embrace heaven's reverence. Reverence is, is to make something heavy. Reverence is like to, to make something heavy in your value. To value it. So you don't talk about God anyhow. I want to believe that there's nobody who is damning anything in God's name in City Light. You know, not in secret. You're not, you know, damning anything. You are not, you, you know, to, it means to, to not use the name. It, it even goes beyond that, to not use the name in vain. Like, the word vain there means that you are not using it without purpose. Himlessly. And without purpose. And you don't, when you use something without purpose or himlessly, it means that you don't show enough respect for it. So this is about reverencing the name of God. And we've been talking about worship. Amen. We're talking about worshiping the name of the Lord. I talked about it in the past two, the past two meetings, the past two uh, services that we've had, you know, about, heavens, about engaging heaven's reverence, that this is the key. This is the key to having the presence of God uh, come upon your life. But that's not the reason why you do it. You don't do it because of an end. You, do, you honor God because it is, the, it is an end. You honor him because that's your focus. But then there are things that overflow from, from that. Experiencing the reality of heaven starts with personal intimacy. A personal history with, with God, which is formed when no one else is looking. Time alone in your house, in your room. We ca you cannot have just professional outward intimacy 
It has to be real and private. The most intimate people, people, uh, things people do, people who love one another do, cannot even be spoken of in public. The public adoration, what we do together, flows from the personal worship that you have. When we pray and worship the Lord, we know from God's word and from experience that the presence of God comes and rests upon us. There are different manifestations of his presence and different measures and levels of his presence. Whenever we turn our heart of affection and our heart of adoration, our heart of reverence and worship to him, God begins to break into our realities. Heaven begins to break into our realities when we turn our hearts of, exp- ex- 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 uh, of affection and adoration to him. Psalm 22, verse 3. You are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. Can you just wave your hands gently, everybody? Just worship him. Please play something quickly. Let's, let everybody just enjoy. Let the heavenly dove just come on you. Spirit of the living God, just fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. I want you to sing it, everybody. Spirit of the living God. City praise, join us for everybody. Please let's worship him this morning. Spirit of the living for Most great. 
Every how I need you. Every hour I need you. Bless me now. Bless me now, my Savior. Sing it again. I need you. I mean, sing the chorus again. I need you. I need you. The solo, the solo. Let, let's, let's From the beginning. Hallowed be your name. Practice in the presence of God. You can do that. You don't have to do it just in church. You can do it just alone. I tell you, if we continue, we don't have the time to do it now. Like, because, you know, God will go. But if we continue and just continue that, what's going to happen is that you're going to find yourself just break into a realm where direction will start to come, inspiration will start to come, healing will start to come. Things will just start happening. Amen. That's it. You, you step into it. Just worship and worship into it. Like you carry, you allow the dove to rest on you. But let me move on. Number four, which is I have not talked about um, yet. This message I've been stuck at number three since I've been preaching it. But today I'm moving on to number four. Thy kingdom come. Elevate heaven's reign. Elevate heaven's what? Reign. So that is from your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. Kingdom. Kingdom. Amen. That's a very powerful word. When the Bible talks about his kingdom, talking about God's kingdom, it's a very powerful, powerful thing. That, is, that was the message of Jesus. So the question I want to ask you right now, when Jesus told us to pray for his kingdom to come, what did he mean? What did he mean when he said, may your kingdom come? And what does the kingdom look like in our lives? What does it look like in our cities when it comes? First of all, let's, let's let the Bible define the word, first of all, uh, before we talk a little more about it. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Romans 4, 17 tells us something, first of all, about the kingdom. I want us to just get this definition. Romans chapter 14, 17, I mean. Romans 14, 17. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. 
it says, it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, first of all, what we can learn from this place, what the kingdom means is that the kingdom of God is a lifestyle of heaven. You get it? The kingdom of God is what? A heavenly lifestyle on the earth. So when Jesus said, may your kingdom come, what he's talking about is not just, uh, it's not, you know, like so esoteric that you cannot grasp it. It's something that is very practical and very tangible. The kingdom of God is when believers, first of all, that's not the, the overall definition, but the kingdom of God is when believers begin to live a life of goodness, a life of joy, and a life of peace, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So, meaning that I can be the kingdom of God in my neighborhood. I can be an expression of the kingdom of God in my school, in my workplace. Right? I can be that. And the way I, 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 am, I am that is when the Holy Spirit, that presence of God we talked about, that encounter with the, with the ruler of heaven, right? That, what we just talked about now begins to influence me in such a way that I am, I'm living in joy, I'm living in peace, I'm living in righteousness, and then I am, I am spreading that atmosphere there. That's the kingdom of God. In other words, the kingdom of God is the reign, the atmosphere, the rulership, the sphere through which God rules. Now, God rules over the entire universe, but when you talk about the kingdom, we're talking about where that rule is expressed. Do you get what I'm saying? It's expressed, and people can experience it and touch it, and they can see it tangibly manifesting. So when you talk about the kingdom coming, Jesus is talking about the fact that believers, us, the people that he has put on the earth, we begin to extend the sphere of God's authority and of God's domain through our lifestyle of goodness or righteousness, of peace and of joy in the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I'm a kingdom carrier. You know, when I say say something, you better, you better say it because that's one of the ways you release the kingdom. Say, I am a kingdom carrier. Say, I am a carrier of heavenly presence into my world. That's who we are. I want you to see yourself as a kingdom representative, as a kingdom carrier. As every individual and every family allows the presence of God to overwhelm and come in, you know, through these things we're talking about, then you will see that it automatically begins to overflow into every other thing that you do. Automatically. It doesn't matter if the neighborhood is run down, you make it livable again. Amen. You guys get that? So that's the first, uh, one, the first de definition of the kingdom we're looking at. The kingdom of God coming is people who are carrying the presence of God, his joy and his righteousness filling everywhere. Number two, Luke 17 from verse 20. Well, let's do Luke 11, 20. Luke 11, 20. The king, we're talking about what is the kingdom of God? Because it said, may your kingdom come. You know, if you want something to come, you've got to know what it is. May your kingdom come. Jesus said, if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. In other words, whenever the power of God begins to expel demonic powers and reigns, that is the kingdom of God bursting forth. So we see another definition of the kingdom there. The kingdom of God is the bursting forth of God's power upon the world. The kingdom of God is the showing forth of God's power in our physical world. So whenever somebody gets healed by the power of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God just showed up. Whenever somebody gets saved and received Jesus, the kingdom of God just showed up. 
Whenever somebody gets delivered, the kingdom of God, God just showed up. Anytime the power of God is being demonstrated, it's the kingdom of God that is being released. Something is being drawn from the heavenly realm into this earthly realm to effect changes, to change things so that it looks more like the heavenly realm. The kingdom of God is people expressing the presence, the power, the joy, the righteousness of God and all that. The kingdom of God is the power of God bursting forth on the earth. Are you guys following me? In Luke 17, 20 to 21, they came to Jesus Christ to ask him a question. Luke 17, verse 20. They came to ask him a question. They said, one day the Pharisees asked him, when will the kingdom of God come? When will the kingdom of God come? So definitely everybody knew. They knew that term. But Jesus said, Jesus replied to them, gave them an understanding. He said, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. I'm going to tell you what it means. Can't be detected. No, you won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already what? Among you. What is Jesus trying to say here? What is he trying to say? What he's saying is that, the, the, look at what the Pharisees were thinking. They were thinking that, you know, when the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, it's talking about uh, Jesus, you know, the king himself. You know, that's what they knew about kingdom. The Romans were ruling over them. will come, and then he will sit down, and then start reigning, right? Reigning physically, and say, I deal with the Romans. I deal with whatever, right? A real physical king that will come. And that's what they thought the Messiah was. That's why they were disappointed. But Jesus said, the kingdom that I'm talking about right now, listen, the kingdom I'm talking about is not going to be, if it's not going to be, it's not a, a, a visible throne, you understand, that is set up. What I'm talking about is something, it's an invisible realities, reality that comes among you and begins to rule and reign and change and transform things. That's what he's talking about. So meaning that the kingdom of God can be present in a place, but not expressed. Because it is what? Invisible. Amen. Now you need to put this with all the other things that Jesus taught, all those parables of the kingdom. He talked about the bread, I mean the, 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 the loaves of bread, uh, the, the wheat, that's what you call it, the, the leaven that leavens the old bread, the, you know, and all that. Talked about the light and talked about all that. The kingdom of God is an invisible reality that is working right now in our world and then it works to move and to influence things towards the direction of God's purpose and plans. Hallelujah. So, Jesus taught us to pray. May your kingdom come. How many of you get it? Do you get it better right now? May your kingdom come. What was, what was he telling us to do uh, there? What was he telling us to do when he said, may your kingdom come? He's saying that every one of us should be in the, should always be praying. And seeking, as I'll show you in the next verse, should always be praying for this invisible reality that is already amongst us to burst forth, to show forth in every aspect of our lives and in every aspect of our community and all that. We're supposed to seek that. We're supposed to say, to pray that it manifests and to work for it to manifest. Is that clear, everybody? So whenever you see violence and all that, you, got, you, know, you need to know that there's the peace, the righteousness, all those things are already present. They are in you. You are a part of it. And so we're supposed to walk towards the manifestations of these things. We're supposed to pray for these things to be manifested, for God's will to be done on the earth. And I will, take, I will get you to the mechanics in a moment. But let's read this passage um, very quickly. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Matthew 6, starting from verse 27. Uh, one of the seminar teachings of Jesus. It says, can your... Can your worries add a single moment to your life? You know, he's talking about don't worry about your life and all that. But I don't have the time to read everything. That's why I'm jumping. He said, why do you worry about your clothing? Why do you worry about your clothing? Hallelujah. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't walk or make their clothing. Calm down, everybody. Look, listen, when they calm down, I want you to catch something. What makes the plants grow? Many people will say, oh, yeah, the soil, 
the whatever. No, what makes the soil, the soil work? What makes the planet and the sun and all those things come? There's an invisible reality. Do you get it? Pay attention. There's what? An invisible reality that maintains all these things. Do you get it? That's why that always happens to them. What feeds the birds of the air? Verse 29. What? He said, Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. You know, that was this kingdom that we're talking about, these invisible realities, clothes the flowers. I mean, how many of you have been in some bush before, like some forest? Sometimes we you know, go into some forest and then you will, see, you will see some beautiful flowers. I mean, this kingdom is not limited at all. Why do you want to put flowers where nobody will ever see it? It's so extravagant. Like where, I mean, you don't imagine. Look at under the sea, all the things that it hid in there. Imam is have to dive and go there to see. But beautiful things all over the place. I just look at the world. Look at the universe. Look at what this kingdom has produced. It has the ability to, make, to bring beauty, to bring excellence, to bring, you know, to just bring, you know, glorious stuff into manifestation everywhere when it is not resisted. When it is not resisted. Do you get what I'm saying? You will notice that all these creatures that, all these creatures that, that, uh, like birds and lilies and trees. One of the things you, you see, similar thing about all of them is that they are not, they don't have the will to resist this kingdom. They just receive it. I'm trying to teach you what Jesus is trying to teach, to teach us. He's saying that the birds and the trees, they have something that you guys, they are doing something. Or they are not doing something. <laughs> Let me say, not doing something. They are not doing something. But you guys are doing too much. Are you listening? They are not doing something, but you guys are doing too much. In other words, listen, the way the kingdom works is this. The kingdom comes with little risk. Like, do you get what I'm saying? It's like when you don't resist it, right? It just comes in. So the least resistance you have, you know, the dove, right? You know, the little, least resistance you have, the more it can flow. But you try and resist it, you know? You know, like, it's, then it can't flow. But the birds, no resistance. The tree. I don't know if you have ever had a tree in front of your house groaning because it wants to produce fruit before. You woke up in the morning and I said, the tree is groaning. <laughs> Why? Because it wants to produce apple tree. No. And the apple starts showing. And then we eat it. Winter will come. Everything will go away. And then spring again. And it might be, we'll, go, we'll pick it up again. There's something sustaining it. It's a kingdom, but it is not offering any resistance to it. Are you following? Apart from the birds that we, the birds that we, 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 we imprison. You understand? They imprison. So, so we used to have birds, like we kept birds, you know, in the family. You know, I, until the last one died and the pain was too much for me. I'm like, I'm not, keep, I'm not keeping any pet again, you know. Because, I mean, that bird was so tiny, but I loved it so much. The day it died, I, I watched it, the whole death. I mean, like, I watched when he started having pains and whatever. I don't know what happened. I prayed over it. I did everything. And, you know, did, did you anoint it with, with the oil or something? <laughs> we <laughs> put things in the food. Just, I, I was seriously, I was praying because I saw that I was losing energy. And I mean, from singing in the house, like, every morning we wake up to singing. The old house, and then that day just stopped singing. <sighs> what happened? You know? Okay, they, I saw that it was, get, it was being weak. So I went to, I got food. I did everything. I annoyed, I prayed. I, Lord, please just spare the life of this bird. <laughs> you know, I did everything. And then I saw it and it went. It tried. When I put the food, it came. You know, tried to eat and everything. It didn't have enough energy. And then by the next morning, it was gone. And we had to bury it. I mean, that was so painful for me. Tiny bird. But with this where I'm going. The birds that we don't imprison. They've never come to your house to look for food before. Just say, knock. Quack, quack, quack. It's me. <laughs> I am looking for food. It's only human beings that you do that. See that, do that. <laughs> I mean, how many of you have ever seen a, a homeless bird that came to your house and said, I need a place to stay? Or I need food? No. Your heavenly father feeds them. 
your heavenly father feeds them. So when I was keeping the birds too, I noticed that, you see, every time, you know that, right? So I gave it as a responsibility to the kids to do it. But I noticed that every time that I pass, I wake up in the morning and I, and I pass by it, the Holy Spirit will tell me, have you checked that she's fed? Have you checked? Like inside of me, every single day, say, Jesse! Joshua Paul, have you fed your bed? Go and feed it right now, the next morning too. So that scripture came to me that even the one that we have incarcerated, the Heavenly Father is still saying, feed it. <laughs> you know? I mean, my angel, I know why the cage bird sings. You know? But this bird will still sing for us in the house. All over the place. And then we get his food. The Heavenly Father takes care. I'm trying to show you something that our care, our provision, as we're going to be seeing in the rest of the Lord's Prayer, our protection, all these things that we're talking about, these are things that have been factored into the kingdom. The only problem is that we offer resistance. Solomon, in all his glory, was not as dressed as beautifully as these plants are. Verse 29. And they don't shop. They don't go to Macy's. If God, listen, if God <laughs> cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, wildflowers, nobody's going to see them, that are here today, they are thrown into the fire tomorrow. In other words, God, the, this kingdom thing cares for them. He doesn't even care how long their existence is. He cares so much for them. He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? No, no, why do you offer so much resistance to this kingdom? They now tell us, let's, let's read verse 31 quickly, verse 31. Verse 31. So don't worry about these things. The resistance comes because of our worries. Whenever we allow worry and all these things come, the kingdom is stifled. It cannot flow. It cannot flow. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, people that don't believe. But your heavenly Father, our Father, which art in, our Father, which art in, that we talked about, your heavenly source, originator and sustainer, knows, knows all your needs. This kingdom, you know, the, the, the king of the kingdom, right? He knows everything that we will have and healing, everything, provision, all that. He already knows what you need for today, for tomorrow. Listen, I'm telling you, I mean, maybe I will tell you, the change came into our lives when we got this revelation of the fact that God will always take care of you. I mean, God will always will take care of you. Remove your resistance. Remove your resistance. Step into the spirit of joy. Just step into the spirit of joy because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You just get into celebration about everything. We started celebrating everything about the church, celebrating, maybe I'll say, I'm so excited about City Light Church. I'm so excited about Glow Church. I'm so excited about Leading Light Network International. I'm so excited about, you know, uh, you know um, our house. I'm so excited about our healing. I'm so excited about Pastor Holu. I'm so excited about Pastor Homo. I'm so excited about LDC. I'm so excited about Chicago. I'm so excited about Southside, Northside, Rogers Park. I'm so excited about everything. In the bathroom, I'm shouting. I'm just so excited about it. Is everything I'm seeing exciting me? No. The excitement is coming because of the kingdom that is within me. And I know that as I get excited, I tune in to the frequency of the kingdom. I remove all the resistance. And I see the kingdom bursting forth. I'm so excited about you. I'm so excited about you. The kingdom is like a vortex that is trying to burst forth on this world. You are not begging it to come. It's pushing to come. What you need to do is to remove the resistance. Look at that's what Jesus was saying. 
I'm saying it in scientific terms, but Jesus was saying it here, verse 33, but people never understood. He said, your heavenly father knows all your neighbors three. So what do you do? Seek. Verse 3, 33, please. But seek first. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. This invisible reality. Live righteously. You know that Live in alignment with the kingdom. Rightly. Live in alignment. Right. You know something? Connect to his frequency. Vibrate on his frequency. If the kingdom is vibrating like this, you know the principle of resonance, right? Those of you that did physics, the principle of resonance, right? I'm not have studied the principle of resonance before. The principle of resonance is so powerful that if there's everything that's what is called a natural frequency, including you, including this building, has a natural frequency. If people start marching, I can have me start marching around this place. If by accident they get to the natural frequency of this building and they keep on marching, this building will resonate with them. A bigger force will release and the building will collapse. Go study it. Bridges have collapsed because of that. Because people are marching on it and it goes to its natural frequency. That is what happens when you receive radio waves. So inside your radio, inside your Wi-Fi, inside all those stuff, is a circuit that is oscillating at a frequency. Where... It has been transferred. You guys say 98.1 FM. Some people don't know what it means. <laughs> say, I'm tuning to 98.1 FM. And then suddenly, you know, your favorite radio station will show up. What happens is that frequency modul modulation simply means that the sound that is coming, they use frequency to modulate it into the electrical circuit. But it is vibrating in a sound at that 98.1 megahertz or hertz, which is the unit of frequency. So when it gets to your radio, so it's transferring. When it gets to your radio, there's another oscillator inside your wife, your radio, or whatever. When that thing gets to that same frequency, boom, it resonates. And suddenly it picks up. And then you just need another, you need another circuit to take out the sound inside it, the audio circuit and so on. This thing is built in nature. What God is saying is that vibrate at the frequency of the kingdom. Be in alignment with it. And what happened? It will give you what? everything you need. I love the KJV one. And all these all these things will be what? Like you pick up 98.1 FM, right? You don't beg for it. You just steal to it and then it just comes on. And then you start dancing to the beat. You know, right? All these things shall be added to. So what's our problem? What's our problem? Our problem is that we're not in alignment and the, the basic way you get yourself in alignment is what we're talking about. You need to, to get into the place of joy. You need to get into the place of celebration. Do you guys get it? Do you get it? Elevate heaven. So I'm going to stop with that today. I see I have two, you know, we're still digging with the prayer, but I want to stop with that today because I think it's a lot that you have gotten right now. Do you guys get it? Are you ready for the kingdom? Come on, rise up on your feet, everyone. Hallelujah. I want to get you vibrating a little bit in the, in the kingdom flow. Amen. Let me tell you simple secret of vibration. You know, there's this passage. You know, when you, when you start understanding this thing, you, you begin to see, um, you begin to understand certain passages of scriptures that you have... Um, Maybe you never, you never really thought about. In 2 Kings chapter 3, 2 Kings chapter 3, starting from verse, let's start from verse 12. 2 Kings chapter 3, starting from verse 12. So, they were, they were going through an issue in the land. And this is going to happen. Maybe let's go to verse 10 so that we can get a full context. And we're trusting God for this to happen to us in this land too anywhere you find yourself, at your workplace and all that. Said so the king of Israel said at last that the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. So they were facing a problem. Let's read on verse 11. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So they needed guidance. This king, they needed guidance. So they, say, they knew that prophets 
they usually they are at the frequency of God to give them what God was thinking, right? So they said, is there a prophet? Then they said, one of the kings of Israel's servant answered and said, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water into the hands of Elijah. Verse 12. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. So they came to the prophet. We're going through a problem. We need some word from the Lord. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Get thee to the prophet. Get thee to the prophet of your father. You see that Elijah was not flowing in the spirit of God in this one. He was not there yet. You know, because, let me tell you, you know, I want to show, I said, you need to understand this. You, prophets, pastors, are not, they're human beings too. Right? And you too, you're a human being. It's not all the time that you're flowing at that frequency. This guy was irritated by the kings that they came to him. Especially the particular one that has been causing problems. It's like, he first of all cursed them out in the spirit, you know, in a, in a nice way. Look at it, he said, what have I to do with you? Get, get you to the prophet of your father and to the prophet of your mother. I mean, you know, he went to mother and father. I mean, that was... <laughs> and the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three things together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. So one of the king was begging him, but the guy was in a bad mood, okay? He was not at the frequency of heaven at that time. Verse 14. Elijah said, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect to the presence of Jehoshaphat, if not for this one king, Jehoshaphat, that is you know, righteous among you, I won't even talk to you guys at all. For the Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I will not pay any attention to you. Now, bring me a harpist. So, Elijah knew that he was not in the realm. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? He was not in the realm. So he said, okay, to get into this prophetic realm, to be able to prophesy, I need to get myself into the flow. I need to align. Do you get what I'm saying? I need to get into the flow. So what did he do? He said, bring me a harpist. You know, KJV says, bring me a minstrel. A minstrel. So I guess, you know, he said, while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came and then immediately began to prophesy. Do you guys get it? He began to prophesy immediately. He's telling us the secret. One of the easiest ways for you to get aligned is to get into music, spirit of joy, spirit of praise. That's how you tap into that realm. Get yourself rejoicing. So simple thing I want you to do right now. I want you to, while they are playing that thing, I want you to just get yourself into a state of joy. Just start it. Laughter, laugh, Rejoice, do whatever you do, dance, just do, just play something, do it the way you want to do it. Amen. Come on, get into spirit of joy, get yourself out of the funk. <laughs> Come on, loosen up, remove the resistance, loosen it up. Come on, come on, come on!
We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.